Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Hey, everybody. It is the Takeaways podcast here with Heidi Fang. And yes, it is a special bonus edition for the NFL Draft 2022 here in Las Vegas. And I'll tell you why, because I stocked up so many interviews with folks I know you want to hear from. So I want to get into these before the NFL Draft takes place April 28th through the 30th here in Las Vegas. And before I get started here with my two guests today, I want to remind everybody to hit subscribe wherever you are listening. And also, we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today and get a bonus of up to $100 when you sign up. Also, we are presented to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal and also by Blue Wire. All right, let's get into this right now. I've got two guests here on this episode, bonus edition, all talking about the draft. First, let's kick it off with NFL Network's Charlie Uke. He's a vice president there as well as executive producer and has overseen eight drafts as a producer and also 16 overall with the NFL network. So we're going to speak with Charlie Uke as well as a pick from the Raiders past 2021 draft divine Diablo from Virginia tech. He's going to join us here to talk about his experiences as well as what it has meant to him to have the journey he has with the Las Vegas Raiders. So let's get it started now with Charlie Uke. I'm so excited to have you on today, particularly because, as I understand it, you have been a part of over 16 drafts with the NFL Network, uh, and and being an executive producer for the NFL Network, this is your eighth draft in which you've overseen uh, production in its entirety. So as it comes to Las Vegas, what has this added to the spectacle that is the NFL Draft? Well... I mean, as you know, I mean, Vegas speaks for itself. It's a destination city for a lot of people. Um, you know, the Raiders being there now has only amplified the the passion and the and the love for football. Um, it goes hand in hand. You know, the draft has been kind of been the traveling uh, road show since it left New York and started in Chicago in 2015. Um, we've had excellent success going from city to city, whether it was Chicago, Philadelphia, Dallas, Nashville, um, you know, a break during the pandemic and then and then with Cleveland. So we expect great things again from Las Vegas. I heard it's going to be pretty hot, though. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I think some of the staff today was just out at the link area in the Caesars Forum. And I think some of the folks are from Chicago that are pitching in on helping with the, the construction. And they are all a little sweaty under the Las Vegas sun today. <laughs> so. yeah. um, but I don't think that's going to deter anybody. As we know, you can still stay well hydrated in Vegas. Everyone knows that. Um, but no, we're, we're expecting big crowds however we're going to be at at our locations. And, and, and it should be another you know successful event for all of us. As the pandemic happened and the NFL had to uh, kind of pivot on a dime there with everything that happened, has that been in some sense beneficial for you as a producer, as somebody as part of the network that oversees everything because you got kind of extra time to really look over the layout and the plans and to figure what would work and what wouldn't? Yeah, look, speaking for us specifically, I'll put two hats on with my with my network and media hat on. We knew the plans in Vegas uh, going into 2020 before everything kind of shut down. 
So those plans, we just kind of shifted over here in 2022. So we had our location, the main theater set location behind the, you know, the high roller uh, Ferris wheel behind the link. We know that we're going to be at Bellagio. We know that we're going to be set up at Cosmo. Uh, so those things were kind of in place. The benefit that actually happened all that, I'll put my league hat on, is being able to work with our partners at ABC and ESPN with our league entities from the events division, the broadcasting division, football operations. Um, it's just really coming together and making this like, and the best way I can put it, like the Avengers or Super Friends or whatever it is coming together, like with one common goal, which is to, you know, celebrate this night for all 32 clubs, whether you have a first round pick or not, because it's a three day event um, and providing something that I think we all need, not just football wise, but just in life, like hope. Right there, this is the the spring hopes eternal here, um, and one player could change the hopes and dreams of any franchise as long as you get it right. And that's what we don't know. And if we knew that, you and I wouldn't be sitting here right now. We'd be on a yacht somewhere in Greece. But if you can figure <laughs> out who that player is, um, every franchise can change in just one decision. So that that's the best part of this, right? Is that, and what better place in Vegas? You got to be lucky. Um, you got to have a little hope. But uh, all you know, one spin or one roll or one pick changes everything. So. Um, that's kind of the best part and the lessons we've learned in the last two years. But like I said, our three locations, uh, come visit us right in front of the Bellagio again, right in the main area by in the theater set, which you can't miss right now because the construction, like you said, is going on. Uh, but it should be, it should be a party. It is a celebration. When you look at the red carpet and the now unique experience that you have to be able to bring in concerts and live acts, the things that kind of Vegas brings to the table, how did you visualize what that would be from the fan perspective when you started thinking, okay, we need to put a red carpet somewhere, but let's do it in the fountains. I mean, that was a pretty unique idea. Sure. And that one, I'm going to take no credit for that. That one comes from people who are definitely uh, smarter than me at the, at the league offices and, and other people with, you know, big ideas. But that's the one thing I know that we've, we've done with draft, which is, which is why we go location to location, which is like, see it, be it, make it. Because um, at this point, it just takes planning. Uh, and like I said, we've learned how to be pretty efficient. We've learned how to, I think we took some cues to being able to see what happened at the NHL All-Star Game, Heidi. And it's like, um, you know, some things that were definitely done really well, some things that we want to tweak and change. So they're being really good partners about this. Um, I can't wait to see everyone kind of, you know, wearing their Academy Award finest uh, walk in the red carpet. I will not be. I'll be in an air conditioned truck at 68 degrees outside the, <laughs> the theater set, but everyone's going to look the part I know. That truck, though, the intensity that's inside of them. I've been in a few production trucks in my time. Uh, I worked with CBS at one point and also I, I got to bird's eye view when I was uh, looking at a boxing event come together. So I imagine that this is a hundred times that scale. So when you talk about what happens in the truck, how do you pivot from moment to moment as a producer to kind of anticipate anything that can come up or happen during a production such as the NFL draft? Yeah, it's a good question. And honestly, the, what we want always, and I, I say this time after time, year after year, we want, we want that chaos. We want the unpredictability so that even surprises us. We, we know that we got to be ready. Like last year was a great example. Um, you know, when the Bears traded up uh, to take Justin Fields and then all of a sudden, you know, the Patriots are in position to get Mac Jones. Those are the things we can't script and those are the things we want. So we're prepared just like anyone else and everyone else would be. Like we know, you know, our tapes are going to be there. Our graphics are going to be there. Our guys are ready but we want the same feeling the fans get, which is what is going on here. So we can have that natural ability to be like, it's not scripted, right? We don't want this to feel scripted. It's like, holy bleep, this team just did this. What do you think about it? And then take our reactions from there. Um, it's, it's one of the, you know, events where I'm constantly amazed. 
there's no actual football going on, but it's just the, the, the zeal and the passion for this. Would You would think there's it's a Super Bowl. Um, but like I said, it, that, from what I said earlier, uh, I think everyone just thinks, okay, this player is going to make a difference on my team, and maybe we go to the Super Bowl. It can happen, right? The Bengals weren't great a couple of years ago, and they took two generational <laughs> players that looked like in Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, yeah. and look at what they are now. Like, um, it doesn't take a lot to change a franchise's, uh, you know, uh, future and like you know with the I'll just make the segue around it too like with the Raiders now locking up D Carr and Devontae kind of you know coming in that should build a ton of excitement um yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I was just gonna say it's kind of interesting how the basically the Raiders now have their first round pick set as Devontae Adams when you think of it in that term uh just because they gave up their first and second rounder so as a host city and the team that is here is now in the third round. Is that kind of unique as well? I mean, can you think of any time that you've encountered that? And does, what does that do for the city when its fans are here? Does it make it like, you know, the fans can kind of set back now and just watch and enjoy? How do you think it is from that perspective? Well, what we try to always do too, Heidi, with, with the host city is to make sure we weave in uh, the host team as well. So you're, you're the people that are there are going to see um, either Raiders legends or current players, you know, we've throughout, we're, we're going to have that available. And, and look, we don't know, we don't know, right. Is, are the assets there to make a move? Uh, yeah. You know, trades can happen. You know, is it, is it possible? Yes. Is it probable? Maybe not, who knows, but I think that's why like even for host cities would have your, you know, if the AFC West teams are making moves, that's going to be interesting to Raiders fans. Um, and most people, like I said, that that go there are, are football fans as well. So the whole process itself, especially night one, it is because it's becoming a party. Um, and it's becoming one of those things where it's like, we got to figure out what the other teams are doing. And that's going to, okay. As I slot down and look at where we're doing a second round or third round, what makes sense here? Who's left? Cause everyone become everyone I think thinks they become better than the GM of your clubs. Um, so, uh, that's where it gets fun, right. With all these mock drafts and everything else. Uh, but I don't think there's it lessens or dampers any sort of enthusiasm for the city of Las Vegas or the Raiders themselves because, you know, like I said, one pick can change the, like change the acts of any franchise. It doesn't matter what round they are. I mean, Tom Brady was 199, um, so any, anything can happen. And that that's like I go back to it all the time. And I, I just had a meeting with our you know editorial team and producers. Like this thing is built on hope. Does every pick hit? No. But the hope is that one of these guys, one of them, will be a Hall of Famer. We just don't know who it is it could be picked from, you know, pick one to the last pick. It really doesn't matter. Um, and that's why this event, I think, succeeds every year because we just don't know who's going to be great. Uh, as I said earlier, this is your 16th draft with the NFL Network and eighth as a producer. We're speaking with Charlie Uke, who is a vice president with NFL Network as well as executive producer. So Charlie, just uh, when you go city to city and I, I mean, the NFL draft started out in a hotel room, right? <laughs> in a ballroom in a hotel. And then it's moved now to cities like Nashville and Philadelphia, all over the world and, and the globe. I'm sorry, all over this different cities here in the United States, but when you now take a look, for example, at Nashville to Cleveland to now Las Vegas, how do you kind of formulate ideas from each one to the next and say, this was great. Now, maybe if we go to this city, we could do X, Y, or Z. How do you begin to formulate that plan as you go city to city now? Yeah, it's a good question. And once they announce cities, we kind of have a good idea of what we want to present. So when Vegas first happened a couple of years ago, again, pre-pandemic, um, the first things like we just do like these vision boards and you know we wrote back we wrote like elvis we wrote like luck um hope um 
you put down, you know, like spin of the wheel roulette, um, just little things, just little buzzwords and stuff like that to start formulating ideas. Then it's like, okay, how do we want to start the show, right? And it's like, well, what represents Vegas or who represents Vegas? And we started thinking acts, Penn and Teller, magicians. Um, and then we start even building more upon that. So it's anything, it's just like, that makes sense to the city itself. And of course the franchise that represents the city. So Vegas was, was always, I, I think gonna be easy, also a challenge for us. Cause it just, when, when people think Vegas, I think the first thing that you think of is either gambling or the hangover or the rat pack, even it depends on what age you are. Right. Um, how can we, you know, correlate all that and make it about football. And I think, the best parts of this, the draft going from city to city now is that we take it what's organic to the, the host city and then try to connect that with the other cities to be like, well, this is what Vegas is. Uh, we've called it the hub and spoke model now since we've done it in, in Chicago in 2015, where we want to connect the host city, but also be like, okay, so for, for people that are, can't be in Vegas, but now, um, you know, for the, you, those of you in Philly, this is what it's like. This is what you're seeing. This is what you're missing. This is why you should be out in Vegas. Uh, this is why, you know, football is alive and, and kicking in Vegas. Um, so that's what we try to do. I mean, we know the next couple of cities coming up are going to be Kansas City and Detroit, respectively. So we were already, you know, Kansas City, we wrote down barbecue already. Like, we kind of, <laughs> Detroit yeah. is Detroit's Motown, Motor City. Like, those are the things that are kind of make sense. Uh, but with Vegas, like I said, it was a challenge, but it was an easy, kind of an easier challenge because more often than not, most people have been to Vegas or have dreamt of going to Vegas um, and they've seen enough movies and television shows about Vegas. But then when you actually get there, you realize that that's a, you know, it's a thriving city with a lot of people that love the city itself. Um, you know, Vegas born, I know, is a phrase that's familiar with a lot of folks there, too. Uh, we want to make sure that people there are proud that, that, that this event's here, that that we chose them as much as they chose us. And. It's going to be, it's more than three days. So I'm, I think I'm just being, you know, I'm cutting it off too short. You know, like I get there Monday night for a full week. People are there already, like you said. So yeah. uh, this is, this is going to be a big party, big celebration. I think not just for the Raiders, but everybody involved in the National Football League. Right here. We're going to take a break. When I come back, I'll be joined with Divine Diablo from the Las Vegas Raiders. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Join me right now. We have Divine Diablo from the Las Vegas Raiders coming on. Linebacker, safety. He's done it all in his career, even maybe wide receiver. I was reading some stuff about your past as a wide receiver, Divine. All <laughs> so over the this, this journey that you've been on, going from position to position to position, let's just start there. What has that been like in your career, constantly being able to pivot from one position to the next? Um, it's been frustrating, but um, each position gave me something new I can learn and I do appreciate every single one. I'll go through them. So I started off as a quarterback. My dad wanted me a quarterback for my whole life. Um, ended up moving to receiver because there was already a senior quarterback in my high school. So I had to move to receiver if I wanted to play on varsity. Got offered, so I stayed at receiver. Got to tech for a year. After a year, they moved me to safety. 
And then I got here and moved to linebacker. So I think starting off at quarterback helped me out a lot because I'm supposed to study the game anyways. And um, of course, it was harder to switch from safety to linebacker because just everything moves a lot faster. But um, I grew over time and I feel like I'm a lot better than I started. You go back to your Hokies career and having, I think it was 739 snaps. Is that right? I, I did not count. It's off the charts. It's off the charts. It's off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> but when you were there and you had the three years under you as a strong safety, just generally, what is that like being able to learn how to be a hybrid player? How has that helped you in the NFL, particularly now when you're looking ahead to getting involved with Patrick Graham's defense? Um, my two defense coordinators, so Bud Foster and Justin Hamilton, did a, did a good job of moving me around. Um, I was a strong safety. I was a free safety. I was a nickel at times. I was in the box a lot. So I think that helped me um, as far as coming to the NFL and switching to linebacker because I didn't. I just had to learn the schemes, the plays. And I, learned, I had to learn how to get off blocks. But besides that, everything else came pretty natural. And now you're here with the Las Vegas Raiders. You got all the way to the playoffs. Unfortunately, had to leave that game. Uh, didn't weren't able to return. Uh, for you, just though, getting to that experience after everything this team went through, all the adversity you guys had to fight through to get there. What was that like for you as part of this team to be able to get to the playoffs? It was an unreal feeling, to be honest with you, because we had lost my first start was in Kansas City and we lost pretty bad. And we basically had to win out in order to even have a chance to make the playoffs. And we ended up doing that. And it was definitely feeling of satis um, I was satisfied. Um, but I gotta be hungry this year. I can't just be satisfied that we made it. I gotta, you know, be hungry to do more. And doing more, I think, like we were just saying, in Patrick Graham's defense, you're definitely going to have a role carved out for yourself. You started five games last year. How much of a taste for getting out, being a starter, did you get under your belt in that time? And I remember you coming into the media room and saying, like, you kept wondering, like, is this the day? Is this the day? Well, you had a lot of consecutive days there. So just getting that time under your belt, what did that mean to you? It meant a lot to me. Um... I do want to thank guys like Corey Lewis and KJ Wright, because even though I started getting more playing time than them, they still didn't treat me any differently. They still helped me out when I had questions. And I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for uh, Coach Smith that he's at the Colts now, I believe, um, just giving me that opportunity. And I just had to take advantage of it. Yeah, now you talk about like, just the opportunities that you get. The NFL draft, you were taken uh, 80th overall, so third round with the Raiders. Now that you see the draft coming to Las Vegas, like just how was your experience, first of all, getting drafted? And secondly, what does it mean to see the draft here in your city, like Las Vegas Raiders and Las Vegas, this draft is here. It's, it's kind of nuts, right? <laughs> it's really nuts. Um, yeah. So my draft experience, I was in uh, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. And I was just with my family, my parents and my little brothers. It was a great time. Uh, I knew I wasn't getting drafted the first day. So the second day came along. I was hopeful, but I wasn't sure. Um, I was sitting there, a lot of safety was, safeties were going. So I was like, dang, I might not get picked today. I didn't know I was moving the linebacker. So I got that call from uh, the Raiders and they let me know that they wanted me. Um, but as soon as they hung up, they called somebody else called me. Was like, yeah, you're moving the linebacker, you're not a safety. So they let me know what position I was playing right away. But it was an unreal feeling, um, feeling of uh, accomplishment and uh, 
felt like I've worked for that moment. So it was great. What kind of advice would you give to anybody that is trying to come into the, the, the draft spotlight and make transitions like you have at, on a team? Like, what would you say to those people that are out there that think like, you know, I want to do this, but in the end, it might turn out to be another position. How do you deal with that adversity? And how do you tell others, like, what's your advice to them? My biggest advice is don't stress. Um, everything happens for a reason. Um, you've been put in this position before, you've got the film, they know what you can do, and now they just wanna see you do it. So don't stress too much, just be you. And that's my biggest advice. I was kind of scoping out your Twitter before our interview, and I was uh, <laughs> noticing that there's a lot of Call of Duty there. Is that you on a mega kill with getting the, the hounds there on Twitter? Is that you? <laughs> no, that is like one of my closest friends. His name is House Night Games. Um, I, I need to start posting myself. I could play a little bit too. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of a nerd about Call of Duty. I've been playing for a really long time. And uh, wow. I, I, I envy people that can get the dogs out because <laughs> I haven't quite, hard, as much as I've played, I can't get there. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, it took me a while myself, so I get it. <laughs> Overkill, all that stuff. You know, I might get to five. Maybe, maybe sometimes I, I get lucky. I have like a helicopter. You know, what kind of things do you like to do outside of football? Like what have you done in the downtime this off season? So I'm big on gaming. Um, like you said, Call of Duty is one. Fortnite, they try a little too hard. You know? So I, I mentioned away from Fortnite and then Madden. Um, I like bowling. That's a good go-to for me. I'm a big movie guy, so whenever new movies come out, I'm there the first weekend. Marvel, especially. Okay, I was gonna ask you about Batman, but you just said Marvel, so that's. Oh, just I, I wanted to see the Batman movie too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you mentioned like the Madden game. It's kind of crazy with the passing of John Madden last year. Now you think of how this coming Madden might look. I mean, I think for a lot of players, it was, you know, even though. Madden curse that there was a lot of players I think that would want to get on that cover just to have that kind of notoriety like what do you what do you envision from the game to become now that he's passed like how does that legacy live on I actually pictured them um doing something for him this year to be honest with you uh, making him the cover I wouldn't mind that myself but uh man like being a player on the cover this year would would uh I got some clout to it, I will say, but uh, I just imagine John Madden being on the cover and just giving him like a huge shout out for what he's done over the years. Absolutely. And as this uh, Raiders brass has changed hands when you're, from your first year now to having Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler here, what has that been like for you after the year that, again, the Raiders had Rich Bisaccia being this team's leader, um, the guys you had like linebacker coach um, and then going on to new coaches and seeing a new regime. And how has that kind of felt for you? Personally, it's actually pretty crazy for me because this is the first time I've had to deal with the coaching change. I've always had the same coach wherever I've been um, throughout high school and college. So this was different, but I love this new coaching staff, um, general manager, the whole deal. They're all um, friendly. They treat you like family and that's all I can ask for. I saw that you're gonna try to get out some appearances. I saw you in Kenya and Drake, uh, May 7th in Oakland. What uh -huh. else do you have coming up as far as appearances, things that people can look forward to if they wanna get some Divine Diablo jersey signed? <laughs> where, where, can, where can they find you? Um, I realized that I wasn't really social media friendly, like I wasn't active enough. So I'm trying to 
you know, get to know the fans and try to meet up with them. I'm actually working on something here in Vegas. Um, it'll be a signing pictures um, and just to hang out with the fans, to be honest. I'm not sure exactly where the location or what when it will be, but I'm working on it. I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place here, but I've got to ask you this. What has it meant to you to see a guy like Chandler Jones come to this defense? It's unreal. You know, I was a big fan of him. So I try not to fan way over my teammates, but yeah, uh, he's definitely a dog and I'm glad he's in the locker room now. Did you get to go uh, introduce yourself, talk to him? Yeah, he's, he's my locker mate, actually. So that oh, was okay. Yeah, yeah, he's my locker mate. Uh, I talk to him every day. He's a really cool guy. I didn't expect him to be that cool. I was uh, have you been able to like get, you know, even though, like you said, you're not trying to fanboy, but have you been able to like get any advice from him? Has he given you any pro tips, things like that so far? Um, biggest pro tip I've got from him is just take care of your body. Um, that's one thing I definitely need to work on myself outside of football, you know, just getting in cold tub, stretching, yoga is a big deal. So stuff like that. Last year, when you started out the season, you, you were injured. I saw you working rehabbing a lot. Was that hard for you to kind of work through that as you see all the team kind of starting to gel and go through reps and you're still yeah. doing rehab? What was that like for you going through that process? I think it was tougher on me because it was a new position as well. And it was the first day of OTA. So yeah, I was really mad about that. But I still came in every day, got the mental reps I needed, which helped me out. Um, a lot when I actually got on the field, but I still needed the that physical part. So that's what this offseason did for me. I've just been getting stronger, taking care of my body, and uh, so it'd be a great year. I just got a couple more for you. I don't have to say much more than this. Devontae Adams. Oh, you, you seen my tweet when he, he yeah, when he signed, uh, what did I say? I just said, oh, wow. Yeah. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it, honestly. Um, yeah. I haven't um, got to introduce myself to him, obviously, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, the, the looks of, like we were just talking about with Chandler Jones coming in, Rocky Asin also uh, as a corner, and then Devontae Adams added to the fold. Just those three alone. Yeah. We're building. We're building. Yeah. Uh, something special is happening here, and I can feel it. And so what is your hope for yourself, your goal? What have you set in terms of how you're going to approach 2022 differently or any goals that you've sent for yourself this coming season? Uh, number one, stay healthy. Um, I feel like I got off the field too many times and the one my team needs me, I need to be out there. Number two, I just want to create turnovers. Well, I didn't get enough of those last year and um, I just want to make plays, honestly. So that's my biggest thing, make plays. I really appreciate the time here with you. Thank you so much today for the interview and wish you all the best of luck coming up in 2022. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. That'll do it for this episode of Takeaways on the Vegas Nation podcast. Again, we have podcasts three times a week, so make sure to check all of those out. You have Unsportsmanlike Conduct every Friday with Adam Hill and Ed Graney and also First and 10. So get on in there, hit subscribe. Make sure to check out all of our work at VegasNation.com. Again, thanks to our sponsor, Station Casinos. Download that mobile app, STN Sports. Thanks again, everybody, so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Yeah.